welcome to SED. I'm your host, Jane Dagme, Editor-in-Chief of Designers Today. SED covers the wonderful industry of interior design from various, often eclectic, angles. At its most literal, SED is the spoken complement to what's written in the pages of our magazine. Esoterically speaking, SED, S-A-I-D, stands for Something About Interior Designers. In a nutshell, the podcast is devoted to the ongoing curiosity and admiration we have for these diverse, passionate, and often quirky individuals. SED celebrates the way they think, work, live, and define themselves. Enough said. Let's get into our show. Emily Morrow Home is a luxury hardware flooring brand whose timeless designs and performance qualities align with the needs of today's discerning designers and clients. Constructed of premium North American hardwoods and featuring thicker, longer, wider planks in beautiful finishes and styles, the floors also have a surface barrier to make them splash, spill, and scuff-proof. Crafted in Tennessee by hand, inside of a medium security prison, Emily Morrow Home is a story of second chances and taking pride in what one does. Go to emilymorrowhome.com for more information and tell them Donatella sent you. When 2020 began, interior designer Kia McSwain, principal designer at Kimberly and Cameron Interiors and president of the Black Interior Designers Network, was on a date in the Middle East. Wearing a sequin dress and engaged in one of her favorite activities, travel, she felt like 2020 was going to be the best year yet. Wah, wah. Hello, pandemic. Followed by examples of unjust brutality toward Black people that cracked open and reignited the race issue, which was long overdue for tackling face to masked face. These last few weeks, in fact, have shown a light on the systemic racism that Kia spends much of her time and brain energy dismantling. Kia became president at the Black Interior Designers Network in 2017, when its founder, Kimberly Ward, passed away, entrusting Kia as the next leader of the organization. In an interview from last year's Race Matters story, Kia told designers today that the new role made her a bit uncomfortable at first. I could not wrap my head around why she chose me, Kia told us. I get it. And I think that we can all relate to what Kia said about being blind to our own strengths, even though others may see it clearly. In this case, designer Kianda Powell saw Kia's ability to lead when they first met in 2018. Here's what Kianda has to say about it. Kia is definitely one of my favorite people. We're sorority sisters and uh, met for the first time at a Black Interior Design Network conference in Atlanta in 2018, where she was the president and it was her first time officiating. And what I really appreciate and love about her is her ability to uplift others and really help to connect the dots in this industry. She shows her support by always sharing opportunities, and she's a cheerleader and always encourages designers to be true to their unique design voice. She's that extra boost you didn't know you needed until you got it from her and you realized it was just what you needed. And um, those are just a few of the things that I love about Kia McSwain. To follow what Kianda said, As leader of the Black Interior Designers Network, Kia has grown memberships and expanded partnerships and initiatives. Kia estimates that she's at a 60-40 split between time devoted to the network and her clients. 
Clients pay the bills, she says, but me not supporting and serving my people is absolutely unacceptable. I know you will enjoy this podcast, which is actually a converted Zoom. Weeks ago, Kia had reached out to discuss a before-after project, and we had originally planned our call as a catch-up and to discuss that project. While we do talk about the importance of designing comforting spaces during COVID, much of our conversation is about the network and what it will take in our design community to erode racism. We also discuss the thought behind Kia's decision to vet access to her online portfolio and what she means by foreplay when it comes to interior design. Please enjoy my conversation with Kia McSwain. Hello. Yeah. How are you? Hold on a second. (laughs) Well, first of all, it's good to see you. It's good to see you too. Yeah. See you Uh, too. So I guess like how's Colorado? I mean, how long have you been there now? I've been here in Colorado for two years now. It'll actually be two years in January. Mm-hmm. And oh, yeah. Denver? Yeah, Denver. Downtown Denver. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I like Colorado. Um, maybe January when I came back from traveling overseas, I was riding from the airport back home downtown and I was looking out the window and I was like, okay, I like Denver. Like, I finally like Denver now, I can say that I really enjoy the city. Um, I don't generally get out when it's cold out. Um, but the summer here is just absolutely amazing. I love it. Where were you when you were overseas? I was in Dubai. I went to Bahrain first, Manama, Bahrain. Mm-hmm. Uh, visited there, uh, flew to Dubai, stayed in Dubai, spent my birthday, spent New Year's there, then flew back uh, to Bahrain. Um, and that was literally the day that um, this, all the, the chaos started um, between us and the Middle East. So get back on a plane, get back home, and then there starts talk of a virus. So that's pretty much what the last six months, the last six months have flown by. They've oh literally God. flown by because there's been um crap at the doorstep every step of the way. And so I think when you're constantly dealing and fighting with something, time just just flies by. We were looking forward to um our conference this summer. We were partnering with Las Vegas Market IMC for that conference. Really looking forward to it. Right. And we had the option of pushing it back to the fall and there was obviously an executive decision that had to be made. And I said, you know what? We don't really know what the fall is going to look like. So maybe we should push it back to um, next year. But now we're not letting that um, stop us. We are launching masterclasses um, October 2nd. And we're hoping that those masterclasses can uh, go over the span of October, November, um, about eight masterclasses. And we're really excited about this experience. and looking forward to it. Wow. Well, that's that's great. Um, will that be on your website? Will that be, you know, soon yeah. up there? Yeah, we'll share that uh, via our website, which we're also in the middle of working on, you know, trying to tweak as we go. Um, I'm, I'm 
I try not to be, but I'm kind of anal when it comes to things and getting them done and trying to make sure they're right. But I've learned along the way, you know, there are way more people that are using what they have and going with what they have versus trying to make sure that it's perfect. So I'm just perfecting along the way. Um, that information will be on the website about the conference and we will share it via social media. And who's helping you with, with all that? Um, has your team around the conference grown? Who's your Absolutely. Support? Absolutely. Um, we've got, I've got a team that's working with me. That's helping me. Um, IMC has really been a great help when it comes to trying to figure out, you know, what can be done in the wake of the pandemic. You know, if we're pushing things back, how can we still keep people engaged? Um, I think that there are certain certain uh, wheels to the industry that are definitely doing their part in helping me plan uh, for this conference. And I'm not even angry that the conference is being pushed back. It gives us more time to really focus um, and feel it out. So I'm excited about that. Yeah. And you've got these, these master classes that you've developed, which is great for your community. And, um, yeah. yeah, yeah, we're looking forward to it. You know, they're there, you know, when we're hosting these conferences, you know, people are purchasing tickets, they're, they're purchasing the hotel rooms, they're, um, purchasing flights and they're eating and doing all these things and, you know, just keeping it real. They might be coming to see one person and, and, and they're like, oh, wow, like I learned so much from each and every one of these speakers. But if there's someone that you want to learn from, preferably, then you can just attend that one masterclass. You don't have to come back next week. So we, we've been really thinking about this and trying to figure out how it works best for our community, how it works best for our, our designers who are parents, you know, our designers who are, are working on projects, um, designers. Who, who are out fighting for justice. You know, we, we want to make this great for everybody. Mm -hmm. You know, I've, I've said this in the past, but if there's something, and we can talk about this, uh, you know, next week or so, you know, but if there's anything that I can do, if there's anything I can help, like with people telling their stories or just, you know, what editors are looking for or what makes a good story, I'm always happy to help and be a, a somebody who's, you know, in that role. So. And we appreciate that. I appreciate that. Um, you didn't just get that way, you know, and, and that's something that I can really appreciate and we appreciate um, using your voice matters. Um, whatever it is that we're dealing with or whatever it is that we're going through, we might be there, we might not be there. But just to know that that we have your voice, it really matters. We want to make sure that um, each year, right, this conference brings more knowledge, more resource, um, more opportunity, you know, more availability, more visibility, um, mm -hmm. and, and and that's the that's the goal, you know, right. that is the number one goal. Um. At can non-members come to your conference and then see if they want to um, be a member? Absolutely. So the conference is just not exclusive to members. Mm -hmm. It's not. Um, we we recommend you come to the conference to see, you know, what we can share for you. You know, if there's synergy there for you, you know, if it can be useful to you. 
Um, you can definitely purchase a non-member ticket. Um, come to the conference. Like I said, see if we are for you and then join. Um, mm-hmm. I don't suggest anybody or recommend anybody joining anything until they really know that it's That's for them. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, um, anyone can come to the conference. We, we're, we're welcoming everyone. Um, and the same uh, with your master classes. People absolutely. can sign up. Absolutely. Yeah, okay. not just black interior designers, um, not just designers. We're welcoming vendors. You know, we're welcoming other designers. We're welcoming anybody who can really retain the information that we're trying to share. Right. I have a question. Um, so in the space of design organizations that are supporting and helping designers of color become more visible, help them with business, et cetera, there is BIDN, there is Bad Guild. Are there other groups that have formed in the last couple of years to address this? You know, other than the Black Interior Designers Network and the Bad Guild, I don't think that there have been any organizations that are able to be funded and pushed forward and move forward and really just able to put their foot, right? Put their foot on the ground and just stand and right, keep going. Right. So from what I know, um, there was an organization um, for black interior designers or black designers that I believe was started um, over 10 years ago, well over 10 years ago. Um, I can't remember this particular designer's name, but nothing is new about what we're doing. Um, it's just the visibility, you know, and, and the partnerships and, you know, whether we have someone willing, yes, absolutely. Whether we have someone willing to, you know, not only, you know, sponsor here or there for breakfast, but really invest funding into these organizations so that we can manage them so that they can be run, you know, so that we can produce, um, educational seminars, you know, so that we can really produce for the community. Right. Well, I know that um, when I saw you in Atlanta in January, mm-hmm. I, I'm always, I'm in like a time, I'm in a time warp. I'm like, what month was that? When did I last go out to a mar- market? When I saw you in Atlanta in January, um, there were events uh, at Carrying Company. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So what, tell me again, that initiative and, 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 um, cause I loved it and I don't have my notes here. I'm like, uh, but where's that going right now? So that cultural, that culture collaborative event that we held with Curry and company, which was amazing by the way. And it was just being able to host an event, right? Where like-minded designers that look like one another amongst other designers and these vendors that they shop with, right. Can feel welcome. Mm -hmm. Can feel as though their dollar matters outside of it only being their dollar. Right. You know, it's, it's, it's a business, you know, we're, we're here to make money. The vendors are there to make money. But it's just so different being able to know and understand and see that there is a vendor 
that is specifically targeting working with black interior designers because they get it. Not because, right, you know, we feel like, you know, we have to do this. And if we don't, we're going to look like the company who doesn't support black designers. It's because they get it and they want to. And so we intend for that to go up. We intend for that to, you know, increase in terms of partnerships, you know, um, hosted events, you know, educational seminars. Um, We want our partnership to be longstanding. Mm -hmm. These different events that we were beginning to have prior to uh, the virus, we were really working more towards wanting to hear what the vendors, you know, how you see your partnership with us. You know, how do you feel like you fit in? And so um, I try to do that, Jane. I've tried to take a step back and say, okay, I want to do less saying this is what I want you to do and try to see where you feel like you are best, right? Where is your passion? Where's your expertise? Where do you feel like you can best help the Black Interior Designers Network to grow? You know, it's just not Korean company. There are other companies who have, you know, um, vowed to stand by us and support us. Caracol, um, Century Furniture, you know, the, these are some some um, um, amazing companies. Yeah. Uh, I think that it's important to share that, you know, so that the industry knows, you know, you've got these other companies who don't care about how you feel about supporting, you know, whether they, they want to support us, you know, because they think that, that we're awesome designers or whether they want, you know, that, that top black spending dollar. However, either or, they're smart right? They're smart. So um, we want to do more um, getting out there to make sure that the industry is aware that we are here um, and that it starts somewhere and it starts with your voice. Your voice is number one. It doesn't just, you know, for me, and I heard you say that earlier, for me, I, I, it is not the goal to not see color. I need you to see color. I need you. If, if, if there's anything ever that you, that I can help you with, it is that I do not need Jane Dagme to not see color. I need Jane Dagme to see my color Mm -hmm. and see that seeing my color, um, takes us to a whole different space. You know, that way you're able to, to understand that it's, it, it might not be, you know, difficult looking through your eyes. But it's difficult looking through our eyes. And we just want to make sure that the industry understands that your shopping experiences aren't the same as ours. You know, Um, the prioritizing of the Eurocentric uh, design, you know, we we noticed that, you know, we noticed the the. The seeing and. um, The microaggression. You know, all of these things are a part of our industry and they they need to be brought to the forefront. You like reading and you take book advice. Did you did you ever finish White Fragility? I remember you told did me. Did I finish that. it? No, I did not finish it. Okay. Yes. White Fragility. And there's another book called Black Like Me. Black Like Me is a story of a white man who went to the South dressed in blackface, walked around, mm-hmm. acted, and he was as close as a white person will get, right? 
to understanding. I think that might be a good read for you too. I think in all fairness, right? Your parents could have taught you as good as they knew how to teach you, right? About being and seeing um, people just as equal as you, right? However, Mm -hmm. when you grow, right? You begin to retain the things that your parents taught you, but now you're in a whole different world. You're learning from the outside world, right? You're experiencing other people, you're seeing the things that they say. You're hearing the conversations that they have on the side, right? So all you know is what your parents taught you, but that doesn't make you be strong enough to stand up and open your mouth, right? You just know better not to do that. So we are past knowing what our parents taught us. And I'm not like that. I don't teach my kids that. But are you teaching your children to stand up when they hear someone else talking? in a way that they shouldn't be talking or being racist or, or um, being very microaggressive, right? Or mm-hmm. prioritizing a white voice over a black voice simply because that is what it is, right? We know that this is happening, you know, and we know it's, it's um, visible within um, our own workplace, right? I don't know if I shared this with you or not. I, I shared this um, with someone, I can't remember if it's you or not. And some, forgive me if I ramble a bit, uh, but we held a conference one year at ADAC and a young black lady who worked in one of the showrooms, I didn't get her email until way later. I, you know, um, left and was really upset about it and ended up going back to find her, but she was no longer there. She sent me an email and she told me that she was so upset that she couldn't be a part of our conference, that she had asked the showroom um, if they had any knowledge of it and and, um, they pretty much brushed her off, but she could overhear them saying, we should, we should send out um, a mass email to everybody to let them know that the black people are in the building. They should lock their car doors, right? Okay. So she says this, of course, you know, we're, we're disheartened by what she says, but it's almost like it's too easy of a thing to brush off because we're that acclimated to this type of talk. Right. Right. Now, had those individuals been fearful of what would have happened to him, to them, had someone heard them, right. Had they been fearful of this young black woman hearing them? Had they been fearful um, of somebody calling them out? They mm-hmm. wouldn't have done it. So for me, it yeah. opened my eyes to how how open and widespread and accepted it is. I don't want you to to teach your kids how not to be racist. You know, I don't want you to not be racist. I want you to be anti-racist. I want you to see, to stand up, to speak. Every time you see something that's not right, you know, we've we've worked on these how-tos, right, within our industry. And among these how-tos, you know, this is the designer allies how-to. It's to stop colorblindness. No more saying, I don't see color. I need you to see it. That's what I want from you, okay? 
challenge your counterparts to stand up and have the uncomfortable conversation about racism. If you're uncomfortable, good. Good. That we, we want that. That's good. That's good for everybody. You know, we want you to be uncomfortable because if you're uncomfortable, we're getting somewhere. OK, stop denying your privilege and stating all lives matter, because until one group's lives matter, ours doesn't. Um, and I'll, I'll break off a little bit. When I was still working in um, corporate, I was working for a stone company. Mm-hmm. I remember during this time, um, Amy Fleury was reaching out to Kim directly, but Kim um, just wasn't couldn't reach out to anybody else and would kind of use me as her um, go-to man. So reach out to Amy, and you know Amy's writing um, Recipe for Press, the second part of that book, and she's got these questions. She wants to talk about Kim. She wants to talk about what we're doing, right? So during this time, something happens. Someone gets killed. Another black man gets killed. And, you know, me being there, needing to pay bills, but knowing my boss is racist, you know, he's, it, it was just weird. You know, he was um, never outlandish, but his subtleness with it was enough, right? So um what really, really made me realize how racist he was is because he didn't realize that he could be racist and it be not geared towards black people. You know, if you are racist towards any person of color, that still makes you a racist. So this particular conversation this day, now I'm, I'm, I'm at the front desk um, and we're talking and he, and he mentions, you know, um, the problem being, you know, that people, other people are coming here and they're taking our jobs. And I'm literally like, Brandon, like how racist can you be? Like, you're, no, nobody's coming here to take your job because the jobs that these people want to escape, right? They're just wanting to work to get away from Mexico. Like you wouldn't take that job. So why, why does it bother you so much? I said, but you're not thinking about it until it directly affects you. I looked at him in his eyes and I could, I could tell that he didn't even think about it, you know, in that way. I said, you know, your, your fabricators, these, these people that are coming in here to buy stone from you, right? They're Mexican. 99.9% of them are Mexican. Your fabricators, the people you have coming in here to pick this stone up. I said, if they stop today, you don't you don't get the bonus. They don't pay you that bonus. You don't get to make the decisions that you've been making around here. It's not just about black people. It's about any person of color that you feel you are superior than. He felt like he was superior than anybody else coming from anywhere else. And whatever our beliefs are for people that are illegal coming into the country. Hell, everybody's illegal. The country was like, it was literally stolen. And, and, and this part is no different from the design industry. No different. So instead of welcoming other people who are looking to be competitive, you know, um, white people have this thing with affirmative action, but okay, open the doors. Open the doors and let us show you how good we are how amazing we are. But you dare not do that 
because then you, 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 we're a threat. And for what reason? I have no idea, but it's just been that way. Right. Mm-hmm. So now 2020, um, we find ourselves at a point where, um, now we're in double time. Now I'm in double time meetings, you know, every week. What can we do? Why now? We've been here. This has been our cry. This has been an issue. Um, it's bittersweet, Jane, because you, you're, you're excited that more people finally want to take a stand and they want to hear what you have to say. But then it's almost like, what is your real motive? Are you really here for us to make a change? Or do you just not want to be caught off the bandwagon? Like, what is really going on? So we're really fighting to put an end to everything that we've been screaming about for decades. Um, and and then, you know, like I said, within this industry, the, the discriminatory minimum account engagement, um, prioritizing white designers' voices as expert voices, pushing that Eurocentric design as the design blueprint. Um, they need to donate if you even if you don't donate to us donate to interior design organizations of color you know other than our two like you said you know there aren't many so you don't even have to to do much you just you know you got to pick one do you i'm just curious with you know with with the two organizations you and and um and the guild you do any do you do anything together we don't do much together. We are we are in full support of one another. Mm-hmm. Um, the guild is geared towards black artisans and makers. Now, a lot of those artisans and makers are interior designers. Um, we are more so geared to interior designers on all levels, trying to help them on all levels. Mm-hmm. So while that guild may be geared towards better designers who are artisans, who are makers, who are creators, we still stand together in solidarity for everything that we're doing. We said, okay, here, here we are. You take care of this. We take care of this. When I go onto your site, so just to reiterate a few things. So yes, you, like you said to me, Jane, I want you to see color. So you know that I have been um, like, I don't want my magazine designer today to be like a white designer magazine. Right. So I <laughs> specifically, uh, proactively look for designers of color to feature in my magazine because I'm not getting, I'm not getting pitched as regularly. Um, you know, I mean, there's a sweeping discrepancy between the amount of des- designers who reach out, PR people that reach out that are representing white designers versus designers of color. So, mm-hmm. like, so I go to BIDN, I go to your site. Um, just like I go to Bad Guild, I go to Bad Guild and I can go and look at designers' websites, you know, and then reach out to them because they're it's 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 a uh, it's efficient for me, you know. Um, yep. Like I want to go to your site, and I'm not a client, I'm not a potential homeowner, but I'm a media person, and I want to do more research, and I want to, you know. Uh, so, but your your site is closed or you have to email, how, how does it work? How can I get in, you know, besides no, because I know you, how can I get in and look at your membership and, and start to research and get to know more black designers? 
So we're in the process that now that you say that, that's a good question. We're in the process now of trying to add more of that. We have to be very careful. Um, and this is something that we discussed with our lawyer. We have to be very careful in the ways and the angles that we do these different things because there are certain liabilities that are on, on the Black Interior Designers Network if something goes wrong with the designer and the client. And that's something that happened in the past with us. So what we're looking to do right now is to break down from our membership, right? All of the designers who are learning, who are still in the phase where they're just trying to get in the door, where they still need mentorship, those designers that we can send out to leads, right? And those designers that are absolutely ready. So we're separating them. And, and as they come in, there's a section that we put them in. Um, we are working diligently to get it to where people can go and they can see different designer spaces in that region or see um, um, a portfolio or a profile for these different designers. But these are things that take time. So um, for now, we have a newsletter that they can sign up for. Um, we have an area where they can sign up if they want to partner with us. Um, and you're talking about vendors, uh, um, different, okay. different designers, uh, vendors, industry, anyone who comes in the industry and who's looking for more information, there's a particular area that they can go to, to get more information. And we're happy to provide that information. Okay. Um, like I said earlier, I don't want to let perfecting the website stop us from getting information out or getting information coming in. And so um, that's the way we're maneuvering it for now. That would help me, you know, in like when I'm building conferences and panels and my magazine and um, and who knows, you know, whatever my story might be. Maybe we are doing something on like mentorship or pairing people up or some just, you know, I love to research late at night. And um, and I want to, you know, be more representative in the magazine and um that's just been important to me so i sometimes i'm i feel like we're successful and other times i feel like we're not as successful but it's something i i try and do flooring is in interior designer emily morrow's dna born and bred in dalton georgia Emily enjoyed an exciting career in the flooring industry before bringing her knowledge, design experience, and passion for travel to her eponymous hardwood flooring collection. Impressions from a recent safari inspired new finishes such as Tusker, a clean white oak herringbone, and coordinating nine-inch wide plank whose muted striations recall parched earth and elephant tusks. Great Migration, in harmonious brown-gray tones, immortalizes the yearly trek of wildebeest. Whether the subtle canvas for your next project or the wow factor that drives the design, Emily Morrow Home Hardwood Floors provide a beautiful foundation for life to happen. So on your own site, like, of course, I went onto your site last night and I'm like, oh, <laughs> I want to see your portfolio. And it's locked. I won't let anybody see it unless they sign up. And I just am curious. I just want to know what is like, that's cool. But why do you do that? Why? Yeah. So that's something that I learned from Kim when Kim was alive. For me, 
and I don't know if you've noticed or not, but I'm not huge on sharing work or posting on Instagram or um, I feel like my way of marketing and networking is totally different. I feel like I'm not opposed to marketing, of course, but the clients that are for me will be for me. And I don't owe really to anyone else other than clients who want to see my work, what I'm doing. Now, of course, I would share that with you. Um, absolutely. No problem. But I think a lot of times in this industry, this industry can be an envious industry. And I try not to when I'm promoting and I try not to when I'm sharing and when I'm working with the Black Interior Designers Network. I am a Black designer, but I don't prioritize Kimberly and Cameron when it comes to other designers and the Black Interior Designers Network and whatever it may be. Right. When I'm working with different publications or platforms or whatever, I'm always asked, you know, like, why do you, why did you not share this like ahead of time? Like you should have shared this a long time ago. And I'm like, because my goal was to make sure that the amazing work of other designers, um, I was getting that out or getting word out to them that they should be pitching more to, you know, designers today or other publications. And I just, you know, I, it's worked for me, Jane. It's worked for me. So do people, so if, if I am somebody that has heard about you, I, I'm a potential client. I come to your website. I don't know. I've read about you. I've seen something. Um, I Googled designers in Denver, you know, um, I put in my information and then you would vet me or look at me and would, would I get a call or an email before I have access? What happened? Then we'll email you. She'll email you and she'll say, hi, thank you for, you know, reaching out to Kimberly and Cameron Interiors, you know, um, and basically go on to pretty much ask you, what do you want? Like, what is it you want? Right. They'll tell her that they've got a budget of $5,000 and they've just had a new build and they've got eight bedrooms. Right. <laughs> and you laugh at them. No. And, but no, I don't. She'll say, okay, I'm going to set you up, you know, with our principal um, designer for a discovery call. And I will take at least 30 minutes to educate them because nine times out of 10, if you're reaching out to me with $5,000 for a new build for, a, you had no idea what a designer costs or what things even cost for your home. So you need to be educated and I'm willing to take that time. So that too is another reason why I do it that way because. I don't, I'm not going to water down or dumb down, you know, my ability to create something really amazing and special for you. But I feel it is my duty to educate you on what things cost. And I do take that time, you know, I'll break out a little spreadsheet and I'll say, you know, you've got low, you've got big, you've got high, you know, you at least want to put 15 to 20% minimum of whatever you've spent on that space into that space. You can't, you can't spend a uh, half a million dollars on a home and you want to spend $7,000 on three rooms. That's happened to me before, you know, but because you were able to go to, and my website's not always been locked like that, but because you were able to go to my website, look at all the, the dope stuff we're doing, right? Reach out. And then I talk to you and I hear that. Now I have to let you know I can, but prior to if I bet you before you bet me, that's better for me and my business. Because she, my assistant, has already billed me for that already. Um, that's, that's already billed out. So she's 
basically sending a regurgitated email with a name. Hi, you know, let's set up a discovery call. I've gotten on discovery calls where people had no idea what things cost and they spent 50K on something that they only expected to spend 15 on. Well, I was going to say, how has that worked in an interesting, like you're educating them? Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Because that's what they want. Oh, I didn't see it that way. I have one lady. um, She's she's a client now. She's got a new building. We won't be ready to um, shoot or anything until another year out, maybe for her. But she first reached out and I was like, yeah, right. She's not going to call back because she was so lost about everything Every single thing. Why does it cost my car to do that? And I was like, well, that's just what it costs. You know, and a lot of designers are like, I'm not taking the time out to break, break budgets down. I'm not telling them that it costs this and this costs that. And what about this? And what about that? And I'm like, that could be your make or break on whether or not you get that client and you keep that client. And that client is a very good client because they see that you're willing to not only work for you know, that retainer, right? Work for those fees, but you're willing to help them. So for me, um, like my aunt says, for me, staying out of the way has its benefits for me because I stopped putting myself um, in comparison to how hard other designers are marketing and, you know, because I'm really not, you know, I get to vet my group depending on the people that reach out to the network that are looking for amazing designers, right? Now, I can bet you and you might not like my style. You might not like me, but that's okay because I knew you had a serious budget. I knew that you took interior design very seriously on a scale of one to 10. That is a question I ask. How serious are you going to take this, right? I know from the start if you're going to give me full creative freedom or if you're going to be that type to be like, oh, what about this? Or I think that might be a little too. If your questionnaire does not state I don't like purple. There might be something purple in your space. And if you've approved that, we're done, right? But the goal is to having the opportunity to know who I'm dealing with before I even allow you in my space. Nope, you don't need to come see what I'm doing. You know, you've signed up for it. We'll call you. I just don't have the time to um, go back and forth with those clients who showed me red flags in the beginning. So what I'll do is I'll lock down. And when you show me you're serious, I'll give you a password. It's simple. So if um, when somebody comes in and they fill out the questionnaire, they do that first before you get on the phone? Yes. So they'll, they'll come in, they'll fill, out, um, they'll, they'll fill out the form that says, this is what I want to spend. This is what I'm thinking to do. I'm open to a traveling designer. I don't want a traveling designer. They'll fill out all that stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Then they'll get an email and then they'll say, okay, we want to set up. She'll send them an email and it says, okay, we want to set up a, a, a discovery call with you to see if we need to push you on to another designer or if we might be the right fit for you. Okay. So I was wondering if you ever, after that questionnaire, if you, if your assistant ever sends back, just, you know, we're, we're so busy at the moment. Um, you know, if you just kind of say, no way, we're, we have no interest. Do you, um, no, there's another regurgitated email that she'll send back and she'll say, um, we think that, um, uh, based on your budget, you know, you, you might be more so eligible for an e-design, 
you know, if you're interested in an e-design, we can send you more information. If they're interested, they'll say yes, please. If not, they'll say, we've had some people to to email back and say, oh, uh, don't worry about it. You know, I, I, I thought that, um, my dollar mattered, but apparently it doesn't. It does, but you can't furnish a six bedroom house with 5k, sir. You just can't do it. I'm curious. Were you in the Middle East for design work? No, no. I I arrived in Bahrain December 27th. Uh, we left um, Bahrain for Dubai December 29th. I celebrated my birthday on the 30th. The next day, New Year's Eve, New Year's. Um, flew back to Bahrain January 2nd. And then um, the U.S., January 4th. So... I don't think I was there for any any design exclusive. There was no no design. Um, did you go there? Just it was a place you had always wanted to go. Do you have any? Do you have any? Um, you know, ethnicity? Like, are you from there in your ancestry at all? I'm just curious. No, no. Um, I I actually went for my birthday. Um, it was kind of a date, you could say. A date. Um, I love yeah, that. it was a date. It was a date. I went on a date over there. That's, I know that's funny to hear coming out of my mouth, um, but it was a date and, and I had the, the most wonderful time. And I just remember saying um, in my heavy, sparkly sequin dress saying, 2020 is going to be the best year ever. Like, I just remember it's going to be amazing. 2020 all the way. Mm-hmm. It's been an interesting year. I'm sorry. I think that's my um that life or, happening outside. That's look, so I've learned to differentiate the sounds. That is the fire truck. So you know it's not the paramedics or the police right now, but it's a fire truck. So um yeah, Dubai was amazing. No, my, my dad's from Chicago. Um mom's from Hattiesburg, Mississippi, where I was born and raised. Um I guess I'm kind of one of those conspiracy theorists. I've not taken one of those DNA ancestry things because I don't want them to have my DNA anymore. <laughs> they can't see my portfolio and no DNA. Yes, exactly. I love it. You can't see my portfolio and no DNA. No, you don't get that for me. Um, but, you know, I've been questioned about that a lot. Like, why can't we see? Like, there, there are people who want to maybe do write-ups on you and I'm like, the good thing about it is if they're really serious about doing a write-up, you know, they'll just say, hey, I want to do a write-up. Send me your, your password. But, you know, you just got, you just got, just just like weird people, you've got weird designers out there, you know, that just, they want to take work. They want to do different things. They want to just come and see what's going on and not focus on themselves. So if, if I lock down what I've got going on, you, you have more time to focus on you and less on me. Interesting. Have you ever been like burned in any way in that? That that absolutely, okay. absolutely. Um, we had a um, we had this lady who, before I came on board, um, she was she was friends with Kim. I remember meeting her at a market, and she was taking people's work. 
and sharing their work on her website and just sharing it on her social media. And so there were so many members and other people that were just outraged that that was going on, you know? And so we, we met like doing it and just not saying, Oh, today I want to share Kim McSwain's work. No, no, like doing it and people saying, Oh, this is amazing. And she's like, thank you. Thank you. Okay. So when we talked about it, we were like, okay, well, you know, if people, you know, put there, I was like, is there anybody who has a password protected portfolio? And they were like, very few people do that. Um, But the people who do it are kind of those people who can. And I was like, hmm, I don't feel like I'm there yet, but who's to tell me that I can't, you know, protect my work? So I remember asking Kim her thoughts. I was like, what do you think about locking the portfolio? And she's like, you know, I don't have a problem with that. She's like, majority of our clients are clients that, you know, are word of mouth and clients that we work with. So generally speaking, word of mouth clients are word of mouth because they've either seen that work or a good friend that they trust has told them. And honestly, Jane, recently, the people that we've been working with they signed on with us before even seeing the portfolio. They signed on with us before seeing the portfolio. So to me, it's not really been the one of those things that um, has and bothered me. But I feel like if I unlock the portfolio, there could definitely be a slew of opportunities. But I'm just, I'm, you know, every every door that opens isn't for me to walk through. You sent me that beautiful before and after of a girl's room. So was that through, I mean, how did that project come to be? And what, tell me, was that a project that you did during COVID? You know, no, the project that I did prior to COVID, but I held on to it because, um, that, that home is still in, in progress. Um, luckily for me, I'm impatient and I was like, okay, this is done. I want to get it shot before she spills juice and there's, stuff everywhere like I can't come back so um I felt like this it it was it it just screamed summertime and I feel like you know so many kids are stuck in the house or whatever the case may be and they're getting on their parents nerves because their rooms are boring in addition to the fact they're just not used to being in the house like that so I asked my client, I said, how is she? Like, how is she? She's like, I can't pull her out of there. Like, I have to literally ask her to come downstairs and come eat. Or I'll tell her, she'll ask me, can she, she eat in her room? And I'm like, yeah, as long as you don't spill it on the rug, because Miss Key will be mad. And I'm like, yes, tell her Miss Key will be very mad. And she's like, she she said that her daughter told her, um, she said, why are you not sleeping in the bed? And she's like, it's okay. I'll just sleep with a blanket on top of the bed because I don't want to mess up what Miss Kid did. And I'm like, that is so adorable that she's literally been sleeping months on top of that comforter with a blanket, like on all her pillows. And so um, I think that aside of us not seeing the the effects of this pandemic, um, that matters. Your space really, really matters because these kids are like not leaving their room and I'm just loving it. I'm like, I love that they don't want to leave their room. And Are they okay? Like, are, she's like Fortnite, snack. I have to kill her to make her get in the bathtub just about. And she's back in her room. They don't see her. And she's I mean, like, she loves her room. 
How old is she? She's nine. She'll be 10 next month. And you're working on the rest of their home. Yeah, working on the rest of the home. This family, they they reached out via the network. Um, This is, like I said, also one of the many projects that I'm working on that are just kind of progression projects, Um, which which is okay for me because I like the foreplay of the project. Um, I've kind of low-key always been envious of those designers who knows what the room is going to look like from from the start down to the accessory. I need time to discover as I go. And projects that are progression projects, I'm happy with because I'm able to work that project. I'm able to discover that project, take my time with it, and live a life at the same time. I'm constantly moving, trying to get this done so I can get to the next project. Um, That that triggers anxiety for me. Mm -hmm. So these I prefer. So like a little bit more drawn out, slower. Yeah. So you're yeah. not, well, I mean, like in my own home, I don't want it to be done. You know, like yeah. I, I want to like have things to look forward to and some changes and life changes. You know, there's going to be a lot of changes moving forward. Um, so you like the foreplay too. You like the I foreplay. Of- I love that you call it foreplay. I do. I mean, I, I'm never in a rush. Yeah. Let's play around, you know, let's move some things around first. Let me sit here for a while. How are you discovering these days, like in terms of resources and, you know, no markets and design centers closed? What's what's your method for keeping up? Oh, social media for sure. Social media for sure. And then, um, so I love Nordstrom and I love, I love Neiman Marcus. Mm-hmm. And so when they send out, these newsletters or when they send out these flashes for these new items that they have, right? I'm inspired by every shoe, every sandal, every top, every dress, right? Fashion. Yeah. And I'm like, you know, this is fresh. I might not be able to see um, weekly, you know, what these vendors are dropping. They just, they might've just dropped this um, one catalog and I might not be able to see that constantly, but I'm able to look at fashion, which is ever changing, ever evolving, right? And be inspired from that to go and say, hmm, this is a style that I feel like um, Nathan Anthony, you know, might carry or Noir might carry. Like, this is the this is the vibe that I want to give this client. You know, learning my clients more, I have time to learn them, you know, to sit on the phone and have happy hours. I've done that so much with my clients. We get to talk about things that they were afraid of and how they're happy that I talked them out of being afraid because my friends love it. And just, and it's funny because we're human. People really still want their friends to compliment them when they come to their houses and say, Oh God, color is great. So she's like, I'm glad you did that because Sylvia came over and she loved it. And I'm like, it's all for Sylvia. It's not for you. It's all for Sylvia. Okay. It's for the neighbors. So um, I'm just being inspired by whatever I can get my hands on, Jane, honestly. Whatever is there, I'm working it out. I'm, I'm inspired by it. Um, I do a lot of Googling. Like you said, you Google late at night. Yeah. I, I Google late at night and I'm Googling um, different companies. Like most recently this week, I've been Googling um, fabric. 
like wholesale fabrics. So um, what I'll do is I'll find another site that might have really good fabric for really good prices and order a ton of samples of them just to see if it's something that I can use in an upcoming project that I know is coming, right? I know it's coming. I know I should have this on hand. Um, I went live with Andre Hilton and Andre was telling me the same thing. He was saying, this is what we have to do. Like stay moving, stay, collect things. You know, even if you're not working on that particular thing right now, you're going to need it. I'm looking forward to traveling within the next few weeks. And when I say traveling, I mean going wherever, whoever the hell has their border open for for Americans to come and visit. Um, I would like to go somewhere like an island, like Jamaica or somewhere like that. Um, But I feel like when I'm not in the middle of chaos, is where is when I'm really, really free to create and, and and really inspired when my mind is empty. I don't see that happening anytime soon. So anything that I'm creating right now is just sheerly out of I gotta do it. Um it still looks good, right. but it's sheerly out of I gotta do this. I gotta make it instead of um I need to express myself right now. I need to express how I'm feeling and get some things off my chest. I think that when I'm able to create like that, I really am able to do something and make it really special. I'm hoping that this conversation, you know, was was thorough and for you and you know, you got a bulk of the information that you're you're looking for. Well, um, you know, I never I don't always exactly know what I'm looking for. The only way that I can get smarter and, and learn, keep learning is by talking to people. And, um, you know, that you reached out and we had this conversation and then it just happened that, you know, the, the world is blowing up and, and angry and trying to heal. And so it was a good time, I think, to talk. And, um, and, you know, I appreciate you always being like patient and kind of di- redirecting me when I want, I want to do good. I want to bust, you know, some preconceived stuff and uh, move on and get better. I just want to get better. And I want people to get better too. And I don't know. Yeah. So. Well, it starts with you, you know, we, we look to you guys now really as our voices because our voices have, have gone unheard for so long and you don't expect it to change. So now we're looking at those of you who love us and, and care about, you know, justice being served to, to stand up and speak up. So we we are definitely in the process of working some things out to where um, platforms such as Designers Today can participate. Um, I would love it if you could share that once we get there. Um some of those how-tos, you know, some of that solidarity and, and, and all we stand for. And, you know, it matters. It definitely matters. Thanks so much for listening to Set. I sincerely hope you got something of value from the podcast that feeds your brain and fills your heart. If you like the podcast, please leave us a review on iTunes. If you're in the interior design trade and related industries and would like to sign up for a complimentary subscription to the printed or digital magazine, visit designerstoday.com right now and sign up. 
Until next time. 